You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. My name is Zach. My name is Joey. My name is Joey. <laughs> and this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games and surprise the shit out of you by switching from low volume to high volume because we're wacky like that. Woo! That's right, <laughs> Zach. You know, you can't call yourself wacky. It kind of like dilutes the wackiness, you know? But it like makes you a little bit more wacky in another way. This is like a philosophical argument of who, how can we be the wackiest, but without calling ourselves wacky? That's right, Zach. Zachy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Uh, god, it's like when you say a word a dozen times and then you just, it means nothing anymore. Anyway, welcome to another episode of Xtreme. That was a weird tangent. Uh, (laughs) We are still running through... Uh, Hyperlight Drifter, and actually today, this kind of snuck up on me, but we're finishing the game! Woo! That's whack. Yeah! That's whack. Man, can you muster up a little bit more enthusiasm? <laughs> like, how about, like, just one notch more? Yeah! Alright, I'll take it. <laughs> I didn't want you to strain your, your enthusiasm button. Oh, yeah. Gotta save it for the end of the game. <laughs> exactly. Let's 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 hold on that, mm-hmm. and we're gonna jump straight into it. And last time we really had so much to talk about. If we have another time to talk about, uh, so much to talk about now, but we have the time. So let's take a quick break, and then we're gonna dive right into it. Yes.
And welcome back. Hey. Okay. No segue. We're just jumping straight into it. We're in the southern area now because we've finally been allowed to go there now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it seemed a bit odd because you could go in any direction, northeast and west, but not south. I mean. Yeah. I guess because. Well, go on. No, I was going to say it had been kind of cool if they had like a modular design with that where the last place that you go is gated off and then the right. gate kind of disappears because you've seen that. Right, right, right. You've done but all they, the others. Yeah, but they made like the southern zone the hardest. So I guess that's why they did that. That's true. But maybe they could like in the way of making it a modular game design like if you know that they're going to be finishing up the east end last because they've done north, south, and west, then you could just shift the layout of the southern area to the western area or the eastern right. area, and it'd be the same thing, but the it would just be shift. The map would be shifted. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, makes sense. Again, it's a completely uh, optional thing. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been cool from a pacing perspective. Right. But, I mean, again, it's all about their design choices and how they want to tell their story. So, because also, they wanted, Yeah, go if, on. If you do that, then it's, like, not uniform to everyone who plays it. So, it's hard to, like, compare and have stats and all that stuff. That's true. And it adds a lot of technical uh, pressure on the team to create something like that. Because when you're creating, yeah. like, a roguelike-esque kind of game... Where it can be modular like that, it changes up all the time. You're right, 100%. It doesn't, it's not the same experience for everybody. But yeah. to make a truly modular and roguelike experience that's fun, you really got to put in a lot of effort. Yeah, oh yeah. But I digress. Um, yes. As we move through the southern area, um, you again see Anubis pretty much immediately leading to the Traveler. And then the Traveler is on his last legs, basically. Mm -hmm. um, the traveler then tells you their story about what happens to them uh, from the pictures this is what I got out of it their family was killed by something um, he the traveler set off after saying his, his goodbyes to the recently departed um, <laughs> ended up going to see the Anubis dog the same way that the drifter did um, in a reality that seemed to be falling apart because there was little uh, static blurs around uh, around himself, um, and the that yeah, it kind of seems like the traveler and you have a lot in common. Yeah, based on that, yeah, and and sadly they have a little bit more in common than we think, um, <laughs> as the traveler keels over and dies. Oh, uh, again, it's hard to make an emotional connection because all they've done up to this point is shown us where the core crystals are. Yeah. Um, the, actually, no. People. You know what? In the beginning, the dude saved us. So, True. you know what? I take that back. There's been a there's been a connection. It's just it's been understated. <laughs> and that's, I guess. Yeah. That's, I guess, kind of the pitfall that comes with a game that only relies on picture, pictorial, like, exposition. Yeah. It's like, you're cool, but, like, can't really talk to you, so... <laughs> like, I'd like to learn more about these people who mean so much, but, I mean, again, the, you do learn it a little bit later in the game, but it's, like, the... It starts off with a really 
sick meeting moment where they establish that this character is important in the game in that they save you from certain doom. And, but then uh, they just kind of are there like hovering in the areas. Like again, they're, I don't know if they're trying to save you or he's trying to save you in this, these areas by, you know, clearing out some of these enemies, but it's not, again, it's not clear. It's just up to the, uh, up to the mind of the, of the player to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, either way, we get his costume actually as he as he dies, which seems a bit odd. <laughs> so yeah. the, the the traveler just dies, and the drifter's like, "I like that coat. <laughs> it's a good coat. I, I want to take commemorate that. Commemorate him. I'm going to commemorate him by by stealing that coat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You helped me out a lot, and you've been a cool dude. But goddamn, that's coat. a cool coat. <laughs> that's a cool coat." <laughs> it just seems like a weird thing like he's not saying at the end like take my things and go it's just kind of like yeah right. now you have his coat coat obtained <laughs> uh, but as we move through the air I just I, I thought I wanted to call that out. it just seems like such a dichotomy between how, how they wanted to set up the character initially where it's like a, a rescuing figure like a heroic figure to you and then how do you commemorate this heroic figure in your life by stealing their coat uh, <laughs> i don't know why not it's just an awkward bit of storytelling you know um as we move through though there's a secondary story that's related to the southern area itself uh told by a robo reptile looks like a robo reptile yeah i, I would say reptile um and then they start off this incredibly long and detailed exposition with tons of pictures where it's a picture it starts off with a picture of a mysterious cycloptic cult and i lied that's it that that was it that was that's the end that's the end of the exposition (laughs) that that's the shortest exposition of all time it was like a just piece of art Jay was like, hey, look at this picture I got. What are you look supposed at to it. do? Put, put it up to your face and look harder. You just gotta look at it, man. It's just like when somebody's like, look at my awesome ki- picture my kid drew. And it's like literal diarrhea gov- vomit. And it's like putting <laughs> it up to my face. And I'm like, no, it smells like macaroni art. <laughs> uh, anyway. True story. This is what happens when I have coffee while we're recording, and it ends up being a great idea. Yes. As we move through, though, there's more environmental storytelling as they have posed statues of corpses of NPCs from the previous areas. So they're on like statues, like they're perched on podiums. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes me feel like the southern area was maybe a gathering spot for the maybe the brighter minds of the world. Interesting. Or um, just the leaders. Or the leaders of the world of those worlds. Maybe Who that's are not where they're the brightest. <laughs> I was thinking it was kinda of like a UN situation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Or it, it could also just be a, a meeting of dumb people. You know, <laughs> like they have in most areas. It's like come to the dumb convention where we act dumb twenty four eight. You want a statue made out of you? <laughs> do you, you want to commemorate how dumb you are? Then cast yourself in the plaster and become the statue. And give us one million dollars. Prior to being cast, though, we need, uh, we yeah. need that money. 
Money first. <laughs> Money first. Uh, but then uh, there's an interesting thing where you try opening up an area core, and then most of the times previously, it's just that's been it. You open up the core, and then it recognizes that you've opened a core. It says, hey, you opened a core. Great, we move on. But this yeah. time, when you open a core, it actually is not a core. An enemy boss appears. Yeah, that was scary as shit. I was not actually paying attention. I, I zoned out when I yeah, hit the yeah. button to open it. And then right. I like was like grabbing something on the couch. And then I like at my periphery was like, oh, shit, those things are happening. <laughs> and because it really became funny. really suddenly it shifted to like a bullet hell style shooter. Right. Where they had just like tons of rectangular bullets coming at you. Oh, my God. It's like a it, fucking, it, it's like R-Type all of a sudden. Yeah, you if, probably died there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, but dodging is honestly near impossible since you I, need to yeah, get yeah. in and strike them. Right. Um, and the way that they set up the boss is they have these little uh, like gun nodes that hover around it that shoot the bullets. But yeah. you have to get in to slice it to get your gun weapon back because you can't just shoot it all the time. Right. Uh, so the thing is, it's kind of forcing you to get specific upgrades to actually deal with this kind of attack. Ooh, nice. Um, because there are certain upgrades that allow you to cut through bullets or to reflect bullets as you're dashing. So yeah. if you just had That's it good. without that, you would be you'd get destroyed. Yeah, so, so it, that's good. No, yeah, well, we're going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was like, that's good. Like, it, it, it's, make, it's, <laughs> makes it like, worth it to get the, the other weapons. Exactly, and it kind of forces you to explore and look at the other yeah. um, upgrade components that you may have missed before, or you may be focused on one too heavily. Um, so it's kind of saying like, look, I get that this is important, but you also need to understand that sometimes there's going to be other stuff that may be helping you out in the future, or maybe they just wanted you to try out those, those game yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Well, if you don't get it, you can't beat this guy. That's true. And then once you beat this guy, you are treated with the most creepy fucking thing that I've seen in this game. Um, <laughs> just straight up gigantic moving Titan eyeballs in jars. Yeah, oh, those things. It was creepy <laughs> as hell, right? What? What is? What is the point of that? I don't even know. I have no idea. But the music switched to an incredibly ominous tone, kind of like in dramatic movie trailers, where they have like like in an Inception, they just have like a tuba playing, where it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh shit. Did Leonardo DiCaprio realize that the dreidel is still spinning? <laughs> I mean, the top. The top sorry, ex yeah. excuse me for being too Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I think it came to mind. <laughs> I mean, but I, that's normal, you know? Yeah, everyone, I mean. Everyone should call it a dreidel. It's, I mean, that's how I know it. Top um, can be confusing. Yeah, it's like a shirt that's spinning around. What's up with that? Yeah. That makes no sense. Shirts can't spin unless they're on a mannequin that spins. Oh. <laughs> anyway, apparently the Titan's eyeballs are just alive in there for, I guess. I mean, this looks more like a scientific 
study area. Um, actually, yeah. a, like a li- laboratory is the word. That's a word that describes what I just yeah. said in a more succinct or, fashion. Right, or scientific <laughs> study area, research, place. Yeah, you know, the place with the stuff. It's got beakers and Bunsen's and... <laughs> yeah, and... And, and, uh, and that tubes. guy from the Muppets who, who goes... Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I clearly have not been to a... A, a laboratory in quite a while. No, they have those. They have those. It's mandatory. Yeah. In like each each lab, and they just have when beaker you, going. When, me, 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 when me, you me, walk me. in, you have to do the Spock signal and go. Me, 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 me. <laughs> that would be the best. <laughs> I would. I would love going to work. Be like credentials, please. <laughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> Clearly, you're allowed here. Please walk in. <laughs> <laughs> but oh as we move on here, there's more story, actually. Um, yeah. There's actually told by regular reptiles found in a, in a cave or something. Or something. Um, uh, so they basically were poking around and found one of the elevators that we've been using to go into these uh, underground caverns. Uh, they started poking around and accidentally reactivated those angry robots that one of which we've already fought. Nice. Good um, deduction. So, yeah, I guess, but there's, there's like, again, another bit of a story element here. They have two kind of factions of reptile. They have the robo-reptile and the normal reptile. Right. So maybe there's, interesting. what's interesting, though, is for the other areas, there's only been the one faction, but in this one, they have the two opposing factions. Right. I mean, I, I don't know mm. if they're opposing, but right. they're not, two. they're definitely not together. More than one. Perhaps... Maybe leading into a sequel. Perhaps leaving the door open for a sequel where the robo-reptile ends up summoning something. Oh, shit. A sequel would be great. I mean, I love. Like, I really like this game, so I would love to see another one of them. And it's so confusing. Maybe they're, like, saving answers for the next game. Yeah, I mean, the whole, the, the whole shtick of the game is mystery surrounding yeah. the storytelling. Um, a lot of the information that I'm finding online is theoretical. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, just another funny thing I wanted to call out that they didn't have to do, but they did, and I liked it. Uh, they gave personality to the reptiles as you come in, uh, where yeah. most of them just kind of run away from you, um, <laughs> except for one reptile. Well, two, the one that's telling you the story. But there's another one who just kind of, like, runs in the back of the room puts a box that does not fit their entire body on their head and just doesn't move. <laughs> What's the deal with that? I, I, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. It gives so much personality to an NPC, which is like, they'll never find me here. <laughs> That's like the first like personality we see in this game. I, yeah. I mean, the rest of them just been like, I'm sitting here brooding and I'm being upset. And this one actually just has like a, oh God, I know I'm not going to be able to fight this thing, but I don't know where to hide and I'm scared. <laughs> like giving the an NPC an actual personality. I, I really appreciate that. Um, a nice touch. Um, so again, well done there. Heart, heart, uh, oh my God. Why am I forgetting the name of the developer? Um, heart, heart, Art box? Oh my god, Joey. Look up um, what it is. I've got to say it. Like, I'm going to keep going, but you look it up. Um, all right. 
There's a new enemy type, though, as we keep going. There's the rocket Heart launcher machine. boy. What? Heart machine. Heart machine. Thank you. Heart machine. I'm so sorry. I love your game. Um, There's a new enemy type as you move through the rocket launcher guy thing. Again, not great with the naming conventions, but... <laughs> Rocket anyway. launcher guy thing. Uh, the, it's, what's interesting is that the rockets lock onto you, but can be redirected to actually hit other enemies if you evade well enough. Um, again, I'm calling this out because it's completely different shift from the act, from all the other enemies um, in that you can actually use their weapon against other enemies. Yeah. Uh, but you do need to be careful because the rocket cannot be deflected or cut in half by your bullet deflecting upgrades. Right. So you need to be very careful when you are dodging. Um, yes. So it's a big shift in the combat mechanics of how you approach this kind of an enemy. Right. Uh, which if is great. Been, yeah. I, sorry, no, go on. If you've been doing it that way. Exactly. And it <laughs> forces you to try a new way of com like uh, fighting these enemies and it forces you to learn the new strategies and what's the the best part is honestly they didn't give up in the final area and just recycle all the old enemies which a lot of games tend yeah. to do yes. um where they're just like that's the end let's just throw everything that was before onto here no they right, right, they right. keep they keep throwing on new enemies which is fantastic yeah well the southern zone is like not a culmination really it's just the the fourth zone that's the thing yeah. it feels like a culmination but it's not you're right um but as you move on there's another piece of environmental storytelling where uh it seems like gigantic robots in some of these underground laboratories were taken down by spears which i take to have mean meant that the initial normal reptiles were the ones taking down these robots but there might have been a lot more of them uh back when yeah. they actually had their war against the robots right um, yeah, because the ro the reptiles that you see, not just in the pictures, but in the cave themselves, have spears. Uh, you put two and two together, and it shows that they had a big war, at least a large-scale battle with a bunch of these robots after they were reactivated. Yeah. Um, and then as we move on, there's another robotic boss fight. Um, and initially, this one seems pretty easy. It's uh, It shoots two energy balls and rams into you and kind of rinse and repeat. But yeah. what makes it hard is that it ramps up when it removes the goddamn floor. <laughs> it's like just it's right. like pulls up a screen and it's just like, nah, I'm going to change reality right now. One sec. And it just removes the floors. Boom. Now, where do you even go? But not even that. But like it opens up so many questions. Um, is this actual reality? Are we in the Matrix? How did you pull up a console that removed the floor? Maybe the floor was never even there. I mean, that's some Matrix-ass Matrix shit. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry Nailed for the weird it. sounds. No. <laughs> don't apologize for your random sounds. I don't apologize for mine. It was a fake apology. Oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this fight is very interesting in that it's not super hard once you understand, but that that hook of 
again, it comes back to changing the landscape of a fight to make fighting easy-ish enemies more difficult. Um, which yeah. they did initially in the earlier stages of the game, but it's kind of brought back and kind of in the culmination of that, like using it as a boss mechanic. Um, so I appreciate that they didn't give up on that mechanic wholeheartedly and just kind of brought it back for for the boss. Yeah. Um, and then as you actually move through this area, there's another bit of environmental storytelling. There's a giant vat with a floating robot. Oh, um, my God. And yeah. the tank is cracked. It's cracked? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The glass, you mean? Yeah, the, the glass is cracked. Initially, I thought maybe this would be a boss later. Right. Because it looked like it would like be the, setting the up boss? for... What? Yeah. It's like, is this the boss? It could be. I mean, that was the thing. Because it seemed like it was maybe setting it up to be like, you see this thing here? You see how it's almost escaped? Yeah. Yeah. Leave the area and see what happens. Hasn't escaped yet. Yeah. So it kind of sets up that bit of environmental storytelling where you think that's where it's going to be going. So, But actually, it redirects you and it ends up actually not being a boss. Um, but it leaves you thinking that it might have been, which is interesting. Because they didn't have to focus the camera on it. It's such a large piece of, yeah. of the foreground in the right. shot as you're leaving that you're forced to, to focus on it. Um, and then you think like, Oh, is this important? Probably it takes up so much space here as opposed to the other areas uh, or the other vials. Right. And maybe something's going to happen with this, but no, it's a complete misdirect and it's absolutely nothing. Could, it kind of looks like a darkness thing. Could, it could maybe, be, maybe it could like change form or, Somewhat. Maybe. If it did, then I was none the wiser. <laughs> but as we move Who on knows? here, um, there's another bit of environmental gameplay that I wanted to call out. And, uh, Joey, I have another formula for you. But I start your calculator to tell me the answer to this one. All right, let me just get it out here. Okay. Is, it, is there a sound effect for pulling out your calculator? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you ready? Yeah. All right. Type this in. Turrets plus exploding barrels multiplied by gremlins equals. What does it equal? Forty-two. You're right. It is the answer <laughs> to life. How did you know that? I used the calculator. Oh my That's god. What the life calculator, the one that the the, the all knowing robot gave us. No, the uh, Texas TM eighty eight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that that was also a direct line to the Time Lord and could tell us all the all the secrets of life through a Texas yeah. instrument calculator. Like that one, or like you know the the, the, the other one. The answer I was going for was like more like fuck me sideways, you know, like something like right. that, be because it's very hard. Yeah. Uh, not being fuck. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it's a very difficult area to just navigate environmentally and with these hazards thrown in. Um, yeah. Again, a lot, we're getting a lot close of places to fall. Exactly. We're adding a lot of different elements from previous areas together. And again, I, I said that was a bad thing, but when it comes together, not 
as like the only thing. Right. Like, obviously, you're allowed to do it. That's the whole point of culmination of difficulty. Yeah. If you don't do that, then all the skills that you've learned from that point on seem almost like moot. Useless. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't do it. It's just about how you do it. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Sorry. Go on. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. That was a good point. I like cool. it. Cool. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, I think we need to take a quick break. Um, Let's do it. We're about 20 some minutes in and uh, there about doesn't halfway. seem to be a logical stopping point considering we're going to be finishing up. Two bosses, that's a good spot. Yeah, so let's take a break, and we'll be right back with more of the extreme. Yeah! Man, that banter would have been really funny to have on tape. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should have recorded it. We should have recorded that. <laughs> Come to think of it. Oh, well, now it seems disingenuous if we try it right now. Yeah, too bad. Too bad. Sorry, so, guys. But what we do have for you is another robot boss. Yes. Um, This one is the scythe robot that was actually in the pictorial story that one of the reptiles told you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is weirdly the easiest boss. Um, Was it e- easier I, than the toad? Yes. I had no trouble with this boss at all. Nice. Maybe it's because I had gone through all the trials and tribulations beforehand, but it, this seemed easy. Yeah. Okay. All um, right, cool. Because all it'll do, all it does is rush in and slash, and then sometimes it spins the scythe like right. a, like a boomerang, but that's it. Like, there's pretty easy to tell it to see it telegraph the attacks, and like yeah. you can just wail on it for most of the time. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like maybe that was the difficulty curve kind of catching up to my own skill. And I was just like, ah, about time. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you're just like good at the game now. I mean, it was about damn time. (laughs) Uh, but as we move through, we hit the fourth cube in the area. We have the same visions as before. Uh, but the blackness again, this time a completely different way of taking you out. Just while not looking at you, impales you through the chest with a, with its sword arm, lifts you off yeah. the ground, and just doesn't even watch you die. Just you just die, right? Or like fake die, or yeah, fake die because you wake <laughs> up and you're fine. Um, but then there's one last actually, there's one last robot that I ended up having to fight to get to the final boss. Um, it's like there's so many goddamn robot bosses. That's the thing what makes yeah. the southern area so hard. It doesn't just have one big boss. It has four big bosses. Yeah, basically, like, for every cube piece or whatever. Exactly. And this is, again, this boss was a bit hard, but it's literally just a Hawkeye. Yeah. Like, the best way for me <laughs> to describe fighting this boss is it's fighting Hawkeye. They, they shoot right. a bow and arrow and then will lay traps every so often and like shoot <laughs> arrows into the sky to lay traps. It's just, it's, and yeah. it's like really weird because they also, they're not one of those brawlers that gets in close that you have to worry about. You are the yeah. one who needs to get in close all the time. Right. Like you need he to stick. looks like you too. Yeah. I mean, they all kind of do, but the thing is, yeah, I guess, um, for this one, usually you are, you need to keep your distance from them. Uh, But this one, you can actually just kind of stay in as close as possible for most of that time. Like, kind of, it feels weird because it's a difference, differentiation where you are the one doing the pressuring. True. Whoa. Yeah. Right? It's kind of a nice change of pace. Interesting. Usually they're pressuring you. Yeah. It's like you're the boss. You you are the boss. Like, like, yeah, like that song by the, the depressed. Archipelago people. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Did you get that or no? No. Oh, I was trying to make a stupid allegory to Lonely Island. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? Depressed archipelago. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um anyway. Uh. Um, yeah. as we finish up, God damn it! I know that was bad. Don't edit in like a. I appreciate it. I appreciate Paul, it. Paul, like edit in like a joke. stupid sound effect or whatever. I don't even care. <laughs> anyway, um, as we move through this final area, Joey, is there a giant titan heart? No. No, the answer is oh, yes. Oh, wait, wait, yes. This giant <laughs> pulsating titan heart. Uh, that's that. so there's something going on in this area. They've been dissecting and analyzing the, the Titans, the Titan that they killed. Right. Um, and it looks like the Titan is part robot. So maybe this is the doing of that mysterious cult that the oh, wow. robo reptile was telling him about. Wink, wink. Ooh. Maybe this is the heart of the thing the thing the heart of the world whatever it is (laughs) oh what if the world is this being 
I mean, that would be really interesting. It'd be like a whole new take on what the meaning of this of this era of this world was. But I don't think like that's quite it. Things. I think it's just a giant titan heart that uh, they're studying for for purposes beyond our understanding. Yeah, that's probably the most likely scenario. But it's interesting also because in the background you see the dismembered Titan corpse, which has its rib cage yeah. ripped open and like area like stairwells going in and out of it, like yeah. making it real like it's like when you're dissecting something in lab in your lab, but on a scale of it being like the size of a fucking Goliath. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting, um, it's a, just more beautiful environmental storytelling. It is quite beautiful. Um, this game is like the master of environmental storytelling from, from what I, from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, like but as we move through and head back to the town, we actually, we've gotten all of the cubes and everything. And now the center of the town ends up becoming an elevator that we take deep underground. Yeah. <laughs> it's real it's a deep. Long, it's a long little elevator cutscene. <laughs> yes, and we end up crossing an invisible bridge with no visible significance. I don't know, Indiana actually. Indiana Jones style. I don't Perhaps. I don't know. It just seems a bit odd. Like, they could have just made that bridge visible. It didn't really seem to need to be invisible. Just to, like, make it a little weird. Yeah, maybe a little more ominous. And, like, trust yeah. trust your ring stinks. <laughs> I'm turning off the nav computer, and I'm walking on air. <laughs> um, but you know shit's about to go down, because you are placed in front of a health, like a health trove. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, where they have just right. a bunch of health yeah, packs yeah. around. Yeah. So, shit's about to That's go down. Like, okay, yeah. That's the most obvious symbol that shit is about to go down. <laughs> yes. It'd be funny if they did that and nothing happened. Oh, God, that would be so good. That would be such <laughs> a good, like, un, like little joke thing. Oh, my God. Just removing that paradigm from the equation and just being like, we're undercutting all your expectations. Literally, there's nothing here. If anyone's making a game, please do that. Oh my god, that would be the best subversion. Um, anyway, though, they do not subvert. And the main boss <laughs> of the game that has been tormenting you through the visions actually appears. The darkness itself. I yes. believe its name is Judgment. Whoa. Very ominous. That is ominous. Um, and then most of the attacks mimic what was actually shown in the visions, except for it has a giant laser beam attack. And ominously throws three floating eyeballs of, into a field of darkness. And if you're remotely close to where any of those eyeballs are, you're fucked. Yeah. It just rains down okay. and a torrent of, of darkness. Torrent of darkness. That sounds like it'd be a really good Metallica album name. <laughs> yes. Uh, perfect. Welcome to the torrent of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Torrent of darkness. <laughs> I'd listen. <laughs> um, but again, like this boss, you've learned and culminated your skills up to this point where it's uh, not a crazy threat. Um, 
I actually took this boss down my first try. I'm not trying to brag, but you know, hashtag humble brag. <laughs> but you actually yeah, end the fight cool. by jumping up and stabbing it through the skull. Um, but actually, you're stabbing the crystal that was there, which I guess is the hyperlight cube, because uh, it's shown in the beginning of the in the, in the beginning of right. the game. Um. But as you as you stab the cube, shit goes hits the fan for real. Um, you're trying to escape these crumbling ruins by following the Anubis, and you actually can't do anything except walk. Of any button presses or attempts to get any of that health from the health trove, just makes you cough up yeah. blood. Yeah. So you have to just keep moving. Um, interesting little side note: after you escape, uh, I got this trophy on on my ver- my version that. Uh, was called Bully. Bully. Yeah. Am I the? Are we the bad guy in the game for beating all the bosses? That's weird. Um, or is it to signify that we have beaten the bully? I don't know. It just seems like an interesting. Little, they can name those trophies whatever they want. And yeah. The description of that trophy is you've beaten all of the bosses. Okay. Why would you be called Bully? Yeah, that's weird. Maybe it's signifying that really you aren't the good guy. That's so Maybe weird. you're the one who's upset the natural order. Maybe oh, you're the villain. Shit. Something to consider. Um, as we go on, though, the ending. Um, I'm actually just going to read something that I found that really digs into the ending. Um, as opposed to me just saying my own little... Uh, my little little spiel here. Um, you descend the elevator. Uh, sorry, no, we already talked about that. You confront... Uh, <laughs> no, we can talk about it. So the hyperlight cube is actually called the Immortal Cell, um, which is interesting. I didn't really realize that. Um, you overcome judgment and destroy it once and for all. However, we were too late to save ourselves. Uh, at some point in the quest, it probably occurred to the drifter that the immortal cell was not the cure. Perhaps you'll, the drifter only realized this at the very end when he plunged the sword into the immortal cell. Perhaps they were doomed from the start when you were first touched by Anubis and judgment. Your fate was sealed. However, you are too sick now to ever recover. You are too weak to dash, and health packs no longer heal you. Perhaps Anubis was working to keep you alive against the corrupting touch of judgment. Perhaps this is how you have survived all these fatal battles you fought and all the fatal wounds you've received, only to wake up some time later. As the cavern collapses around you, Anubis leads you outside, showing you one final vision. The world free from the immortal cell's taint. He shows you a world in sunlight. The purple structure representing the wellspring fades away, signifying the rebirth of Anubis. The glowing pillars being held by the four once great races crumble along with the immortal cell itself. The halo around Anubis's effigy fades, signifying the destruction of the immortal cell and the sins of the former races along with it. You are shown one last look at the world you saved. Ruined, desolate, but alive. And then you die, bleeding your lifeline into the peaceful ocean. Anubis no longer needs to unnaturally keep you alive, so he releases you from your fateful quest. You are safe in the knowledge that you've saved the world. Your vision ends, 
as does the game. Ladies and gentlemen, Zach's storytime voice. <laughs> I was giving it a try. I'm also running yes. I'm running low on my normal voice, so I have to switch. <laughs> um, but I wanted to kind of I wanted to just read that. I thought it was a good little uh yeah. narrative description of the ending. Is that like a theory based narrative or the actual um, parts of it are theory, parts of it are what actually happened. But I think the theory kind of peppers in a nice narrative touch. Yeah. Uh makes it feel more um, more like building a cohesive world around what's happening. Right. Um, Maybe you don't even die. Who like, knows? Yeah. yeah. You may just not you be know. dead. Yeah. Um, Sequel. I mean, who knows? But before we end, yeah. actually, I wanted to do one last internet backstory. Internet backstory. Oh, yeah. That's right. Story time is not done because I did not explain the southern area. <laughs> Are you ready for Zach's story time voice once again? <clears throat> yes. I'm actually going to take a sip of my coffee real quick. <sighs> In the south, the lizard people's homeland. The story is not confirmed by the old elder lizard, but it contains speculation. Uh, the region was likely once the seat of technology in the ancient world. Machines were strewn everywhere, and parts of Titan's lie still active deep within the bowels of the earth. Overwhelming wonders and power. The monolith refers to the glory days of distant past when all races were working together for the greater good and creating technological marvels in the laps below. A few drones that, are, that remain active and many machine wrecks can be found in this land. Probably the machines that were used to fight with and against the Titans. A smaller number of these machines are found scattered around the world. The machines used to fight the Titans in the other cities. The races living in these lands had a deep-set desire to advance technologically. Just like humans in the real world, they had a great thirst for knowledge. Desperate hunger for progress. However, their obsession with hubris and unhealthy upset and sorry, their unhealthy obsession with hubris resulted in them giving up their faith and morals in search of a greater God in machines and technology. God found in one's own creations. They succeeded creating artificial and cybernetic life in all the tanks in the lab below the desert can confirm the non-active machines, cyborgs, blade bots, dirks, leapers, spider robots, and of course the area bosses. However, another being can be found in these tanks, a man-sized, blue-skinned, black-eyed creature. Likely the race that the drifter belonged to is artificial, and the first created here in these labs. Distortion of life, devouring body. Created by the coalition of ancient races, they are also likely the most advanced artificial life. The culmination of technology, as the drifter is clearly sentient where the other creatures in the lab are not. A titan also lies beneath the labs, deep in the earth. We believe that these machines in the labs are attempting to follow their programming or judgments orders and continue the artificial life project, along with trying to salvage and repair the titan. Many creatures can be seen 
uh, grown in these test tubes in the lab, blue-skinned ones among them. The cyborgs have all ah, salvaged parts from the Titan, parts that can be used to reassemble the old or create a new Titan. Its heart and eyes are still working. As this was the region where the Titans were likely created and stored for lab study, uh, it was hit by the full force of Judgment's armies, turning the area into a complete wasteland. The first victim of the invasion. Whatever city was once here has been destroyed. It can be assumed that the landscape was not always arid and completely barren. The Elder Lizard tells of how his tribe discovered the elevator into the labs where they foolishly released the cybernetic life forms, which killed a few of them. Retreating to the surface, the lizards now live, live a meager existence, sometimes eating their own tails to make ends meet. And that's the grossest internet backstory. Internet backstory. And that's yeah. and that's it. <laughs> Time to switch gears and say one last thing. This is not an internet backstory, but I wanted to kind of close the loop on all those modules. So we noticed before that there are five. Uh, there are about eight modules per area, leaving a total of thirty-two modules. And once you actually get all 32 modules, are you wondering if there's anything that you unlock? You yes, un I am wondering that. You unlock challenge rooms and an achievement. Yeah. So, nothing! You get nothing! Good day, sir! <laughs> Was that Willy Wonka? Yeah. It's such an apt like little rant. I've used it for so yeah. many things. Nice. I think I used it at work once, but I was not yelling. I did say good day, sir. <laughs> nice. Good day, sir. Anyway, that's been Hyperlight Drifter. Guys, that Yay. this game is awesome. Like, if it wasn't obvious enough already, play this game. It's yeah. relatively inexpensive. I think it was like fifteen bucks on the PS oh. PSN store. Like, so good. It's so cheap. It's so good. It may only last a few hours, but at the same time, you're really going to enjoy that. I, I've never understood people who judge games based on how long they take. Honestly, yeah. getting older, I appreciate games that condense a great time into a short amount of space. It's not even that short. Like, you got to explore a shit ton. Yeah, that game took me like 12 hours to beat. That's not short. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, not just 12, like, 12 continuous hours of gameplay. Maybe it took, like, right. more like 16 for me because I was stopping and writing notes a lot. But, like, no, no, no. like that's, a that's a lot of content. Like, I, I'm getting on a bit of a rant because I, a lot of these games who have open world games kind of say, like, our game will span hundreds of hours and you have tons of shit to do. But the things that you do are right. the exact same fucking things over again. Yeah. It's like... Uh, go kill this thing go find that thing go bring this thing to that thing like it's all the same shit like don't put shit in the game to have shit in the game put right. shit in the game to make the game better to add more of a story to add more of a universe to add more to the story to add more to the challenge not to just waste my fucking time yeah make it relevant and that's why like, I like these types of games where they cut to the chase and all the good stuff is thrown at you up front. Yeah. That's why this game gets my rating of out of 
Yeah. Thank you, Paul, for putting in the appropriate sound effects to explain my rating system. <laughs> nice. Uh, do you think there's anything else that we've missed we should talk about? Again, I want to... Maybe you can say a few things while I bring up the uh, creators from Heart Machine so I can give them a shout-out. Sure. Um, so next week, we're starting a new game. Probably going to do an older game this time. Yes. We did a new game. Uh, if anyone has any suggestions, let us know. Email us. Tweet at us. Yes. Facebook message us. At the extreme, that's I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M at gmail.com or type us in on Google and then you'll take a look and you'll find all of our stuff. Um, that's right. So, so I want to thank all the amazing people on Heart Machine, um, the creator, designer, director, guy who did a ton of shit, Alex Preston. Uh, fucking well done. This is really, really <laughs> well done. Um, Chelsea Hash, the technical artist, uh, Chelsea Bolivar, the studio manager. Um, a lot of, of, actually, there's not a ton of people. I'll just say them all. Uh, Cosimo Galuzzi, the concept and environmental artist. Uh, Jack Koval, 3D character renderer and environmental artist. Max Kaufman, coding and gameplay. Max uh, Michael Kwan, coding and design. Uh, Rich uh, Vreeland, who did sound and music. Um, Actually, I really like Rich's music. Is that Disaster Piece? Um, If you've listened to anything from Disaster Piece, I really like their their albums. Um, Sean Ward did animation and Zoe Quinn narrative design. So fantastic job, you guys. Uh, Well well done. Um, Actually, sorry. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was reading. They put up. Oh, they put up credits for an unannounced game that was that's their oh shit shit. okay sorry that's for their unannounced game so actually let me go again for the credits for hyperlife drifter we have alex uh bo blythe who did coding and design teddy deef coding and design casey hunt design and story uh rich reeland again um awesome stuff akash akash that oh my gosh i'm so sorry akash uh, Thakar, who did sound, Sean Ward, who did animation, Lisa Brown, the design assistant, and Cosimo Galuzzi, the assistant artist. Cool. Um, again, uh, sounds like actually some of these people got promotions, so good on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you deserved, it. you deserved it. You fucking nailed it. Uh, but I look forward to this unannounced second game because I really want to play it now. Um, hopefully it is the follow-up that we've been, uh, we've been thinking of. They've been teasing through their designs. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, you guys nailed it. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, we really appreciate it. Again, it's the Xtreme, I-T-S-T-H-E-X-S-T-R-E-A-M on Google. Seriously, just type that into Google, all one word, you will find all of our shit. Um, and I'm actually working on building us a website for the first time. Um, feels like, uh, out of a long time. Um, and actually we will have some big news coming up at the end of the month that, uh, we will be telling all of you about and, uh, you will hear about that then. I just wanted to tease it now. That's right. Uh, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. And, um, I don't have another outro, Joey. I keep forgetting to do one. Maybe you should whisper something. I love you platonically. Don't forget to write it down. Yeah!
Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.